Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It is a podcast that I do throughout the week, and then I string it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains, here in beautiful Asheville, Western North Carolina. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan, and I am back here at Food Fan Headquarters with another segment about, guess what? Food! Yeah, I like to talk about food, and I've had a lot of food since the last time we talked, and I'm going to tell you all about it. Um, I live here in Asheville, North Carolina, by the way, which is the greatest little food city in America, in my opinion, and one of the things that makes this food city so great is that the farms surround the city. Uh, you've heard the expression farm to table, and that gets used and abused quite a lot, that expression does. But it has an actual meaning, and the meaning is pretty much that there is no food broker in between the grower and the maker. And this happens in our town over and over and over again, all day, every day. The restaurants deal with the farmers. They have lists of farms on their walls, and I have been eating lunch downtown many a time when a farmer has walked into the door with new produce and whatnot to sell directly to the chef. And so that's, that's just one of the things that makes our uh, food scene so amazing. And uh, let's see if I can come up with a, a clunky uh, segue. Uh, one of the other things that makes our town so amazing is brunch. How's that? That's as, about as clunky as it gets for a segue. And, um, but it's true. I love brunch. Brunch is one of the greatest meals ever. I just hung out with a chef recently and he said that he doesn't get fancy with breakfast. And then he added, Oh, I get, I get fancy with brunch, but not breakfast. And I agree with that hundred percent for breakfast. I don't need anything fancy. I just need it to be tasty and filling. Uh, but for brunch, brunch is a special meal. And I often want something very special for brunch. And I had two brunches this week. One of them I didn't have at the brunch hour. It was kind of like, well, it was a soft opening for a new restaurant and they were highlighting their dishes. And so you could order brunch. And so I did, but I ordered it at like 530 at night. So it wasn't exactly brunch, but it was super delicious and I'll recommend it. And I'll get to all that in a minute. Uh, first, I just want to thank WPVM 103.7, the progressive voice of the mountains for taking my podcast and turning it into a broadcast on the radio every week. I appreciate you, WPVM. Thank you very much. Now let's get to brunch. So I had two notable brunches. Well, I only had two brunches and they were both notable. And I had one at Ukiah Japanese Smokehouse, a place that you guys hear me talk about a lot. Doesn't hurt that it's located relatively close to my house and so it's easy for me to get to. Also doesn't hurt that their food is just fantastically, amazingly delicious. Like, I just love it. I haven't had anything at Ukiah that I haven't loved. And uh, so when they told me that they were going to start doing Saturday and Sunday brunch, I was excited about that. I didn't know what to expect. And uh, they are doing a fairly traditional Southern brunch type of thing, but with a little bit of Japanese flair thrown at it here and there. And it's a new thing for them. So I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to develop over time. So go on in and check it out and give them your feedback and help them develop their brunch. 
But let me just get to what I ate. I had two dishes and a cup of coffee. And I'll just go right ahead and say the coffee was amazing. It was from, I love coffee and I love a really good cup of coffee. And this one was from, what's it called? Bean Works over there in West Asheville. That's B-E-A-N-W-E-R-K-S, Bean Works, all one word, I believe. And they've, they've been around for a long time. They might want to be one of the oldest coffee roasters in all of Asheville. And they do a great job. And this coffee at Ukiah was great. Now, I, when I asked for coffee, I was thinking they would probably say no, that they just had tea. And I was prepared to have some sort of caffeinated tea or something. But I'm glad they had coffee and I'm glad it was great. And then the two dishes I got, I, I didn't get too wild and crazy. I got basically chicken and waffles and biscuits and gravy. And it was too much food for me. So I took exactly half of each dish home to eat later. And they both reheated really well. I know that you guys sometimes like to hear me talk about how things reheat. And both of these items, even the egg, you know, it cooked a little bit more. For the egg that was on top of the biscuits and gravy, when I reheated it, it did cook. But it was still freaking delish. Uh, and so, but let me tell you about it. So the chicken and waffles is pretty basic. It is a waffle with some chicken on top of it, fried chicken. And they already have fried chicken on their menu. It is called the chicken carag. And I really love it very much. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I should look up these words before I do the broadcast, but I didn't. So I'll just say chicken carag because that looks like how it's spelled. And I love that chicken carag. It comes with some dipping sauces and stuff. And so they put it on top of a really, really nice, light, airy waffle. Like it was thick and airy, you know, like tall kind of. And um, then it had the pieces of chicken and it came with some nice butter and some maple syrup to put on it. And it was really, really, really good. Pretty basic, but really tasty. So if you like chicken and waffles and you like it very basic, I recommend it very much. Now, I, I will say I would have liked a little piece of fruit on that plate. Sometimes I, chicken and waffles is a pretty brown dish. And so a little piece of fruit would have been nice. I, I suggested that. I know that restaurants don't always like, they say they want suggestions, but they don't always appreciate them. Um, I know that from experience. Um, so, but that, it, and then the next thing I got was, it was called on the menu, Bruce's Biscuits and Gravy. And Bruce is one of the chefs there, very excellent chef and a really nice guy. I like Bruce a lot. And he came up with their Biscuits and Gravy and it had sausage that was called Japanese sausage in it. And I'm, I'm actually not quite sure what made it Japanese, the flavor of the sausage gravy was fantastic. The biscuits were perfect. And the sunny side egg on top was cooked just right. And it had some little um, spice of some kind sprinkled on top. Not sure what. It was reddish in color and probably had some Japanese nature to it. You know, So that was perhaps, along with the Japanese sausage, that was perhaps some of the Japanese flair. And it was really good. Like some of the best biscuits and gravy I've had in this town in a long time. And I really like biscuits and gravy. I didn't grow up eating them, you know, I'm from up north. We didn't eat that kind of thing up north. And then I come down south and people are like, you got to try biscuits and gravy stew. And so I tried some and I was like, it's a biscuit with gravy on it. I'm not sure I see the appeal. And then I started to gradually see the appeal. And I think the first one I ever had was not that great. That, that was part of the problem. And I've had really banging biscuits and gravy since then. I even had an award for it many years in a, or a couple of years in a row, at least in a 67 Biltmore Avenue 
got the award. That's the name of the restaurant and the address conveniently. So that, that's my, that's been my number one biscuits and gravy for a long time, but I haven't actually been in uh, 67 Biltmore in years, a couple of years because of the COVID and everything. So I got to get my butt in there and try their biscuits and gravy again, but I loved it. And getting back to Ukiah, their biscuits and gravy going to be in my top five. That's a pretty big deal. So get on down to Ukiah, try their brunch. I'm going to go back for brunch. I can't tomorrow because I got some other plans tomorrow being Saturday, but I might try to pop in on Sunday before my tour. I don't know. Uh, but I'm going to go back and try the ramen, which comes with an egg on it and stuff. And it's like a brunch ramen. So I'm excited to try that. And it's, it's a small menu and I'm going to eat my way through it if I can. And also, FYI, they have their regular menu available all day on Saturday and Sunday, too. And their brunch goes from 11 to 3, and then the restaurant opens again at 4, and I think they stay open till 9 or 10. Please look up their hours. As always, check hours frequently. You'd be surprised by how often they change. These days, thankfully, hours are expanding and not contracting. For a couple of years there, you know, hours contracted down to like some of the some of the best restaurants had very limited hours and still do, but they're getting more and more hours. And Ukiah has added a whole brunch set to their Saturday and Sunday, which doubles their hours on those on weekends. And so get on down to Ukiah. I give it my wholehearted thumbs up at all times. I love it. Now the other brunch I had was at a brand new venue that's not really brand new. Um, I had it at the soft opening for the new wine bar above La Bodega by Curate. And you guys have heard me talk about Curate a lot and give it a lot of good reviews. And Curate was like kind of the first really high-end restaurant that I fell in love with when I started writing about food in Asheville. And I still love the food at Curate very, very much. And they have opened, last year they opened a little sort of annex to Curate called La Bodega by Curate. And it's got a lot of the items you can buy to eat at the restaurant are there at the market to purchase and bring home to cook. But they also have their own line of delicious pastries and these short rib empanadas that I'm kind of addicted to and I keep feeding to my food tours and they really like them too. And they have all kinds of great stuff. They have that Hamburguesa Iberico that was one of my nominees for Burger of the Year in 2020. And, uh, they, and they did open Bodega in 2020, but this new wine bar just opened last week. And the wine bar is upstairs. So just in case you don't really know where it is, if you remember where Button and Company Bagels was, that's where La Bodega is. And then the wine bar is upstairs where the Night Mill used to be. Um, so that's what it is. And it's run by the Button family, of course, Chef Katie Button, her husband, Felix Miana, Katie's parents, Ted and Liz Button all run the shops and they run like a top, like she runs some of the smoothest operations I've ever seen. And they're just always changing and doing cool stuff. And they've got tons of mail order going on now. And they opened up this wine bar upstairs. They totally redid the night bell space so that it's a lot brighter and a lot more open looking and uh, lots of tables, lots of seating, nice buzz going on up there. When I went up there, it was, as I said, the soft opening, but they were seating people, but all the tables were full. And so there was a nice buzz in the air. And what they're doing there is, is wine, of course. And then what 
what they call their pinchos, and that's P-I-N-X-O-S, I believe I'm spelling that right, pronounced pinchos. And those are little tiny bites, like just olives and anchovies and bits of cheese and slices of their Iberico ham and stuff like that to go with the, um, with the wine. But also every day that they're open, which is Wednesday through Sunday, they are doing brunch. So a weekday brunch, which is kind of a rare bird in this town or really almost anywhere. Uh, a weekday brunch, Wednesday and weekends, Wednesday through Sunday. And they are offering like, I think, uh, unless I misunderstood, like one brunch item per day and that item will change every day. And so I ordered off of the brunch menu that was available there. And I got the oxtail and French fries. And <laughs> that sounds kind of funny, but they were like long, really crispy European style French fries with this really big piece of oxtail and then a wonderful gravy or sauce all over it that was just this dark brown beef sauce with a lot of fat in it and stuff and of course the french fries soaked all that up and it was just really incredible like i can't wait to go there and eat brunch a lot i'm gonna try it all the time it's like i don't know it's like if you can't get into karate you can probably get into la bodega but i'm actually gonna have to administer some uh memory erase gas at the end of this so that nobody else knows about it so that I can get a seat in there. I'm just kidding. Don't, don't you hate it when you tell somebody about a restaurant and then they say like, oh, I know, but don't tell anybody else. It's like, I'm going to tell the whole world, man. I want this restaurant to be successful. And uh, I'm not into keeping secrets to myself when it comes to great food. So uh, the brunch, the oxtail was fantastic. The gravy was really where it was at. The gravy and the French fries were awesome. I, I, I'm wondering if there'd be a time where I can just go in and order the French fries with gravy on top, which is one of my favorite things that I used to get when I was in college and I was really broke. And I could only afford like small amounts of food at a time. And I would get French fries with lamb gravy from this Greek restaurant near my, near my house. Um, so yeah, that was brunch at Bodega and the pinchos that I had were excellent, like little slices of the Iberico ham, which is just to die for, man. I like, if I could pick one food to just never run out of, it might be Iberico ham. It's just so delicious, but it's hella expensive. So you only get it in little tiny pieces. Um, and that, that came with these little breadsticks that were so cute they were about maybe an inch and a half or two inches long and shaped like a little tiny french bread and so they had a cuteness factor and you all know that i give extra points for cuteness when it comes to food and then there were some potato chips that they actually bring in from spain that are really really good they have olive oil on them and um olives and they and the pinchos were excellent i i got a a soda called Dram, D-R-A-M, and it's made out of hemp. I'm not sure. It didn't like get me high or anything, but you know, I don't drink the alcohol. So I got this Dram soda and it was quite tasty and it was kind of on the dry side as opposed to the sweet side. Uh, so I recommend that if you're going to this La Bodega wine bar and you don't want wine, get a Dram. And so that was my experience. And I recommend La Bodega downstairs, marketplace, pastries, hot food to go. I recommend that very much. And then upstairs for the wine bar, the pinchos, and the daily brunch from Wednesday to Sunday. And that's right there on South Lexington Avenue at the top of South Lexington Ave, not too far from the Rue Bakery 
and high climate tea. They're all kind of in a row right there. So high recommends for that. Brunch is coming back. It's making a comeback. It was one of the first meals to hit the chopping block when restaurants started cutting back their hours. But now that they're adding hours, which is it makes my heart happy that they're adding hours, now we can get some brunch again. All right, folks, I hope that you will go out and get your own brunches at these two places plus other places. And please let me know where you like to get brunch and where you recommend that I go for brunch. Hey, everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan, and I am back here at Food Fan Headquarters to talk some more about my favorite subject on earth, food. Oh, man, I feel like sometimes I'm the most boring person ever because it's all I ever want to talk about, food, maybe a little bit of television and J.R.R. Tolkien and maybe talk to you about my trees and my squirrels and stuff like that. And I have a very limited vocabulary of thoughts sometimes, um, so I apologize if I bore the crap out of you someday by pitting you in a corner at a party and telling you in detail about some meal I had five years ago. That's just who I am. I, I apologize, but I ain't apologizing. All right, y'all, let's talk about some sort of rando food that I had over the last week and a half or so. I ate at a bunch of places. I'm always going out to eat, you know, and I don't have full meals at every place I go. Sometimes I just grab a little bite, and sometimes I grab lunch. Sometimes I grab dinner. I'm doing tastings, and so my, the food comes in all various varieties and forms to me. And last week, I took a trip downtown to go to the opening day of a new place that was downtown. And that is, and I'm sure that most of you have already heard about it because there's quite a buzz. That is a place called Zella's Deli. And that's Z-E-L-L-A apostrophe S, Zella's Deli. And that is owned by Chef Mike Ripper, who owns uh, Black Bear Barbecue and Shiloh Gaines a Bar, like out there in the outskirts. But uh, Blackbird's been a great restaurant for a bunch of years and a place that I bring food tours into. They have awesome shrimp and grits and just great food. Uh, Patty and I, Patty Riles, my boss at Asheville Food Tours, he and I go there for lunch quite often and we'll share sandwiches and actually have, we went there and I'll tell you about that in a minute, but let me get back to Zella's Deli. So um, Mike is from up north and he wanted to recreate that feel um, of, a, of an Italian deli. Now, if you're from up north, you know that delis come in various shades and there's the Jewish deli, the Italian deli, and then there's Polish delis and et cetera, et cetera. But this was an Italian style deli, one of my favorite kinds of establishments uh, ever. And I love all delis and I grew up in a very Jewish oriented community called Brookline, Massachusetts. And I learned how to really love Jewish deli food at that time. And then it was when I lived in Chicago that I really, really learned how to love Italian deli food. Now, so that's what, what Mike has got going on there. And he's got a line there, you know, like the, the grill and all of that. And he's got cooks back there doing it all up. All the classic deli sandwiches, Italian subs, meatball subs, all of that stuff. And uh, pretty exciting. He's got a lot of the the little doodads and such that come that would be by doodads. I mean like little packages of gum and potato chips and candies. And I don't know, little, just little things that you would find at a typical deli, which in Chicago, New York, Boston would be like your corner store. So you go there to get 
lunch, but also to pick up a few things, uh, candy and more like the deli near my house in Chicago had everything. God, it was like stacked floor to ceiling with everything from toilet paper to bread to bring home to, I don't know, like roll on deodorant, like whatever, like a bunch of crazy stuff from floor to ceiling. And that Mike doesn't, he's not quite there. Maybe that's where he's going to go. But for now, he's got a really nice selection of classic deli style candy and chips and stuff like that. And I myself, now folks, I'm going to admit to you that I may have done a little bit of a fail on my first try at Zella's Deli because I had a hankering for a chicken cutlet sandwich and that's on the menu. All right. It's not like I showed up wanting that, but I saw it on the menu and I was like, man, I really do like chicken cutlet sandwich. So that's what I ordered. And I probably should have gone for the Italian sub, which I had had a small sample of and was delicious. I should have gone for the big sub or I should have gone for the meatball sub, which I really, that's one of my all time favorite sandwiches. So I should have checked out what theirs was like, or I should have just gone for any number of classic Italian dishes. But instead I went for a chicken cutlet and I did expect it to have uh, red sauce on it. And it didn't. It had some kind of other sauce on it. And I ate it and it was delicious. And I ain't going to say anything negative about this sandwich because it was really good. Like I enjoyed it and it was really good. But the whole time I was eating it, I was like, I should have ordered something else. And so, and my buddy Patty Riles from Asheville Food Tours, he, he ordered the Italian sub and man, he was enjoying the crap out of that thing. Like, he wasn't having any regrets. And then I should say, I, I was about to tell you about who was sitting next to us. And it was, it was my friend, Chef Eric Morris. But I, I should say that it was a who's who of the Asheville food scene showing up to eat at this place on opening day. It was like every other person who walked in, I knew who they were. And they were like well-known chefs, such as Chef Eric Morris from Cultura, who's been nominated for James Beard Awards and stuff. He was in there chowing down a meatball sub. And boy, did he look like he was enjoying that sub. Eric looked like he might have been hungry that day for some reason. Um, and then like just other people just showing up, chefs, uh, my friend Wes from the coffee industry and just like tons of people. So it was really fun to see all those folks and to say, hey, and stuff like that. And the two owners, Mike and John were there. So it was fun to hang out with them for a minute and to see the excitement and the action. And I hope that that excitement has carried over to the next day and the next day and the next, because it is really exciting to have an Italian deli right downtown. I've been living here in Asheville for 17 years, and I can tell you that the um, Mountain Express, when they do the what does Asheville need most thing question every year for the best of WNC, what does Asheville need the most? And the answer a lot of times is a deli or a lot of times it's a Jewish deli, but I don't think people, I, I apologize to anybody from the South who is offended by what I'm about to say. I don't know that everybody down South realizes that there are different kinds of delis. I don't know. I'm sorry if that's insulting. I'm, it's not like you don't know nothing, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that's regional, you know, like I didn't know about a lot of stuff down here in the South until I got down here, like meat and three and, fried green tomatoes and stuff like I didn't know any of that stuff and so there are things that are kind of unique to whatever region so if you weren't aware that uh, an Italian deli is a lot is a, quite a bit different than a Jewish deli 
and just as exciting, in my opinion. Get on down to Zella's. I think you're really going to love it. Now, uh, in, in addition to Zella's, Patty and I went to Blackbird, and Blackbird is great, and we share our food when we go there. So Patty ordered this pork and mushroom panini, and I ordered the pot pie, which is a daily special that they do. Like every day, it's a different kind of pot pie. And this was basically a sausage and gravy pot pie. And the, the pot pie was basically biscuits. I'm just going to say it was biscuits and gravy, but it had a lot of carrots and other stuff in it. And um, it was, uh, it, it tasted like, it had like that sort of sage taste of pot pie, you know, thyme and all of that. So, uh, and it was delicious, like super comforting, very savory and hearty and delicious. And I loved it. And I wasn't sure if Patty was going to like it because he can be a little um, hardcore about like this ain't a pot pie type of thing. But he's also very adventurous. You can't, you can't put a pin in Patty. And so he tried it and he loved it. Like I was surprised by how much Patty really loved it. So both of us give uh, that pot pie the thumbs up and I'm sure they do a great job every week with their special. And I, it might be a weekly special, not a daily special. I'm not sure. I don't know a lot of details about every menu in town, but check them out, check out Blackbird and Patty's sandwich. The one, and I split it with them. So it was like our sandwich and uh, it was awesome. Like it was one of the best sandwiches I've had all year. It might be up for an award. I'm not promising anything yet. There's a lot of the year uh left but it was a really good sandwich i was impressed and it was kind of the mushrooms that made it so great the pork was great the bread was great all of the accoutrement that came on top and all of that was great but it was the mushrooms that were cooked just right and they were they were great like just had that umami out the wazoo so I, uh, I recommend that sandwich and I recommend the pot pies, like try them, whatever they be. And I recommend Blackbird in general. They're open for lunch and then they close for a segment of the day and then they reopen for dinner. And I'm not 100% sure, but I think that is seven days a week. But as always, look online to make sure you've got the hours right. And same with Zella's Deli. I, I really have no idea what their hours are. So check online to get those for yourself. Now, uh, going on with my sort of random adventures, I went back to Bene on Eagle, which I gave a, a very long review to um, about uh, a week, last, last week, I gave a long review of that. And I had what I gave an early recommendation, or I'm sorry, a little flustered about something else going on in this room. But uh, let me tell you that I, I gave it an early nomination for meal of the year. And it was amazing. Dawn and myself and Tema had six or seven different dishes. Every bite of every dish was excellent. Chef Cleophus Hevington is currently up for a James Beard Award. And from what I can tell, very well deserved. And um, so I went back because I saw a post that Chef Ophus made on Facebook and Instagram. That was a picture of his fried green tomatoes. And he was like, this is in honor of uh, Chef Edna Lewis, and I admit I'm naive. I didn't really know who Chef Edna Lewis was, so I looked her up, and of course, very famous, uh, well-known black African-American black chef, female black chef, and had the person kind of wrote the book on a lot of the stuff that we consider to be Southern food, and I'll have to look up more and really educate myself about her so that I can 
give you all more information about her. But um, in the meantime, I got my butt on down to Benet and I ate some of those fried green tomatoes and they were fantastic. Uh, just really, really tasty version with lots of vegetables on the plate. And in fact, the chef came out to say how, howdy and um, he told me that it's a vegan dish. Now, he, he also told me he doesn't list it as vegan and he doesn't go around telling people that his vegan food is vegan in order to get them to eat vegan food. It, that dish just happens to be vegan. And so if you are a vegan and you want some really, really tasty, fresh, healthful fried green tomatoes, get on down to Bene. And that's all I had this time was fried green tomatoes, but I also had a mocktail and the mock, and I sat at the bar, which was, which was, and always is a very pleasant experience at Bene. And I really enjoyed my mocktail very much. So if you haven't been to Bene on Eagle in a while, do yourself a favor, get on in there, whether it's to have a small bite at the bar and a cocktail or a non-alcoholic beverage, or to sit down to a giant meal with friends, you're going to be real happy that you did that. All right, and let's see what else is on my list of uh, rando stuff that I ate. I went to Wellbred Bakery just two days ago and I got a lemon square. It was really, really, really good. Oh my God, I'm so happy that Wellbred is in the Grove Arcade now and they've got one in Biltmore Village and they got the original in Weaverville. So go to any one of those and get the lemon square. It was just lemony, sweet, sour, awesome. And that, that was one random bit. And then I also popped into Manicomio and they gave me a slice of their um, Thai curry pizza. Now Manicomio has gone a little crazy which if you know what the name means, makes sense, Manicomio. They've gone crazy at Manicomio. Uh, they have been collaborating with other restaurants around town. Last week, they did a pulled pork dealio with Bear's Barbecue. And this, I think it's every month or every week. I, again, check with the restaurants for these things. But this time, the special is a collaboration with Little B Thai. And this pizza was crazy delicious like it was a basically a flatbread with all kinds of thai stuff on it and mo it was also all vegetables uh might have been a vegan pizza for sure and it had some curry sauce and then lots of man i don't even know what they were just a lot of vegetables on there it seemed like a lot of root vegetables of some sort but very unique and delicious pizza so get into manicomio to check out their thai curry pizza collaboration with little b thai i know that both manicomio and little b are favorites of Asheville, so this is your chance to try them both at once and so uh get on downtown for that and then finally in this rando segment of rando bites i will say that i went to storm now I go to Storm all the time with food tours and they eat their mac and cheese at Storm and everybody loves it. But Jay Medford, Chef Jay sent me a text a week ago and he said, look what's back. And it was a picture of the menu and there on the menu was the meatloaf sandwich. And he knows I love this meatloaf sandwich and I love his meatloaf in any form it comes in. I have given his meatloaf two Stuby Awards over the years. His meatloaf sandwich from the Underground Cafe was my sandwich of the year, I think in 2017 or 18, can't quite remember. But, uh, and then his meatloaf and waffles at Storm was my meatloaf of the year winner for 2021. So current meatloaf champion. 
and so he let me know that the sandwich was back on the menu. I picked one up to bring home, and I was already full when I got it. But I ate a little bit of it anyways when I got home, and I was like, oh, man, this is so good. I want to eat it all right now. But I knew I'd be miserable, so I waited, and I reheated it, and it was really delicious. So I recommend that anytime Jay Medford has meatloaf on the menu, get it. It is fantastically delicious, award-winning meatloaf. And I don't know if I've ever said the words meatloaf or the word. Is that one word or two? I think it's just one. The word meatloaf so many times in one segment on the show. But the segment is over. And so I'll just say it one more time. Meatloaf. And I'll say goodbye for now. Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, the food fan. And I am back here at Food Fan Headquarters. And I just have one little old thing I want to talk about, and that is Tasty Diner. Now, you know, and I know, and we all know that Chef Stephen Goff bought the Tasty Diner. And Tasty has been an Asheville favorite forever. It might literally be the oldest restaurant in Asheville. Y'all can fact check me on that. It's either them or Little Pigs. I'm not sure which one is older. But Tasty uh, is definitely one of the oldest, if not the oldest, restaurant in Asheville. And it has been a longtime favorite and sort of a homey favorite, not like a high-end favorite, but like a down-home, stick-to-your-ribs favorite. Uh, price, price point was always real low at Tasty. And then a few years, it got purchased by someone, and prices did go up, and everybody freaked out. You know, everybody's like, oh, the prices went up. And then I found out that the previous owners were operating at a loss because they didn't want to upset their um, upset their customers by raising the prices. So you cannot expect your favorite restaurants to operate at a loss or, you know, life ain't going to work out for them. And uh, so I don't mind when prices go up because that usually reflects the costs and yeah, I mean, prices are going up a lot now because of inflation, but I'll tell you, I've been alive for a long time. I don't remember a time when prices weren't going up. seems like things just go up all the time. If you pay rent in this world, you know that they rent just goes up, 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 up all the time. And so I'm not sure what makes this so special. I know that inflation is a little higher than it usually is, but whatever. My point being, I pay whatever the price is, and then I decide if it was worth it from there. I never feel like the restaurants are gouging me on price or that something is, quote unquote, too expensive because it's as expensive as it needs to be in order to purchase the product and turn it into a meal and pay people a decent wage to do that for you. So I don't mind when prices go up, but I got a little distracted. I was talking to y'all about Tasty Diner. And so recently, Stephen Goff is, is the most recent person to purchase the Tasty Diner from people. And the Tasty had stayed about the same from hand to hand. Didn't kind of, didn't really matter who owned it. It was kind of frozen in time, doing its thing, burgers, biscuits and gravy, stuff like that. And uh, and so any change that would be proposed, like the whole town would freak out. Like, you can't change it. Uh, it's weird how the town be, starts to feel like proprietary about 
somebody else's private business at a certain point. I've witnessed it many times in the food scene where the town is upset that the owner wants to do something. Sometimes it's me, I'm upset, but I try not to really fault people. Like, do what you got to do to stay in business, basically, is what I'm saying. Uh, so Stephen bought it, and he, he picked me up the other morning, drove me over there to take a look at it, and I wasn't sure if he was going to be cooking me breakfast or not, so I ate a little something just in case. And boy, am I glad I did, because it is not – it is not about ready to start flipping burgers there in Tasty Diner. He's got the whole thing all torn apart. He's scrubbing it with a toothbrush. You know, he's polishing it. He's got all the equipment pulled out from the walls, and he's just getting behind everything and scrubbing it up real good. And let me tell you, Tasty Diner really, really needed a good scrubbing. It really did. Uh, and they are – it's all over the place, and – most of the decorations from the ox bar are in there now too, which is kind of cool to see all these old decorations and they're still in boxes. There's like boxes piled everywhere. Steven's still got equipment to get rid of this ancient, disgusting soda machine that's in there. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's fine, but it's ancient and Steven wants it out of there. And, uh, just is it's tore apart. So if you're like some hardcore old school tasty diner fan, you go in there and you cry real tears to see it all tore apart. But Steven showed me how he's going to put it back together and you're going to be pumped like Asheville, get ready because you are about to have a really awesome, awesome establishment in West Asheville. I am so jealous that I won't be able to walk to this restaurant and that it's not going to be on my frequent flyer list the way that Oxbar was, which I could walk to. And so I'm jealous of you, West Asheville, that tasty diner. And he's keeping the name and all of that. The signage should remain the same and all of that classic. And he's going to keep some of the classic menu items, especially the breakfast will be pretty much the same breakfast. Uh, but then he's going to add a lot of, of course, Stephen Goffness to it. And he's just one of the best chefs ever, not just in Asheville, but in the country, in my opinion, because he's just making food that, for one thing, I always talk about the familiar and the different and how that's really the only two things we crave in life. And Stephen is, there's no one better at doing that than bringing the familiar and the different together and just making something so harmonious, so comforting and exciting at the same time. So, um, like I said, familiar, but surprising at the same time. So that is one of the things that makes him so great. Plus he's a very farm to chef, uh, farm to table chef. And so he'll be bringing a lot of that sensibility to Tasty Diner. Plus he's a down and dirty punk rock dude who is gonna keep it real at Tasty Diner. It's not going to get too fancy for my pants and it's not going to be too fancy for your pants either. He makes fancy food for people like me and you that are just like eaters, you know, that don't have some pedigree or whatever. Um, and I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I got no degree in culinary world and only experience I have is eating. And that's you too, for the most part. We're eaters. I classify us not as foodies, to me, the word foodie is just a, another word for fussy. And, but I, I call myself and all of you eaters. And I think that there's no better 
chef in town for us regular old eaters because we get to try really special things that are fairly accessible to us. Can I just say duck wings? Like Stephen took chicken wings and duck and made them out of duck wings. So that's the wrong way to put it. But you know what? If you live in Asheville, you've probably had Stephen's famous duck wings and he's won prizes for him and stuff. And it's just, that's the perfect example of something familiar and something different. Chicken wings, only they're not. They're duck and they're delicious and people would go crazy for them. And he's not sure he's going to bring those back, he told me, because of costs and such. But he said he's definitely going to have chicken wings on the menu. So I'm excited about that because I do love me some chicken wings. And I, I can't really speak uh, like concretely about what's going to appear on the menu. I can only say some of what Steven said to me. And he's still, I think, about a month out from putting it all back together and starting to sling food. And he told me he's going to start by slinging it out the window for breakfast. So that's his first plan. Um, but he did tell me at one point that he was thinking about bringing back the famous Sear Burger from King James Pub. That's S-E-A-R, I think. Sear Burger, is that how that's spelled? Um, and that, uh, that would... And that was very popular uh, at King James Pub. And then he's also going, he said he would like to bring back the Animal House Burger from Ox Bar, which was just a killer burger. Uh, I, I think I might have given it my Burger of the Year award. It was at least nominated, if not actually given the award uh, back in the day when Ox Bar was still open. So that's the Sear Burger and the Animal House Burger. And he's going to keep some of the famous tasty burgers. I hope he keeps the Southwest because that was my favorite at Tasty Diner. I've always been a fan of Tasty Diner. Actually, that's a lie. The first time I went there, I got their biscuits and gravy and I hated them. And I was like, I don't know about these biscuits and gravy, man. But then I started to go back again and again and I did get the biscuits and gravy again and they were delicious. And I became a big fan of Tasty Diner uh, from that point on. And so it, it made me a little sad that they it wasn't going to be the same but that's just me hanging on to nostalgia because the larger part of me was like totally psyched that Stephen Goff was finally going to have his own venue a freestanding building without a landlord without partners these are all the things Stephen and I are friends and these are the things that drive him crazy like I said he's a punk rocker so landlords and like money partners man like always an issue Stephen wants to do his thing be himself and be outrageously successful at it so if you are feeling uh anxious that tasty diner is not going to be the same guess what it's not uh nothing ever is right it hasn't been the same since 1950 or whatever <laughs> but uh it's going to be awesome. I won't say it's going to be better because it's going to be like apples and oranges. And part of me will really miss the basicness of Tasty Diner, but I am so excited about what Steven's doing. So hold on to your uh, hats, folks, and, and be a little bit patient. He discovered some plumbing issues that need to be dealt with. He's going to put, put a little uh, hurdle in front of him in terms of his timeline, but we're used to that in Asheville. That's how it goes. I always say that our city motto is coming soon. Uh, because that's the sign you'll see for months before a restaurant opens coming soon. And so, all right, folks, that's what I have to tell you right now about Tasty Diner. And uh, when it opens, I hope I'll be one of the first to go. Stephen told me he might preview some of the food with me. So I hope that happens. And if that happens, I'll definitely let you know. All right. Thanks for listening. And if you are out there and you eat something good, please tell me about it.
And you can tell me about it either by leaving a comment on one of my many social media pages. And I go by the, the tag Stu Helm food fan on both Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, I only really do politics on Twitter though. And you can follow me on stuhelmfoodfan.substack.com or just stuhelmfoodfan.com. And you can drop me an email at stuhelmavl at gmail.com. That's A-V-L, the shorthand for Asheville. All right, folks, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Take care.